Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 66, and today we will be talking about It Could've Been Great. I'm GC13. I'm Sophia. I'm Hunter. I'm Dakota. I'm Ken. Gang's all here! So this episode was quite the lore bomb, to steal your phrase from a few seconds ago. Oh, I used the phrase lore bomb a lot more often than just a few seconds ago. This was this was a big one. Very heavy exposition, but worked in pretty dang naturally, I think. Yeah, it definitely didn't feel forced at all. So I guess everybody's going to be excited about the Steven Peridot duet that we had at first. That was a good song. I really liked it. <laughs> I'm just happy that Peridot's singing. I liked her explanation of what music is and kind of the appeal of it. That was good to me. And I liked how they kind of, even though she was just talking at first, she wasn't actually singing, how they made her talking kind of uh, melodic. I like that as well. Anyone would be crazy if they were stuck here on Earth with you. Kind of calling a little back to Space Race. Maybe unintentionally, maybe intentionally. I don't know. See, Peridot and Pearl are alike in all sorts of ways. I thought the scene with Lion accelerating during the warp, that was really cool. He just keeps doing warps to continuously accelerate himself that... Yeah, and I mean, that's probably getting him some serious exponential speed increases. If he's getting like a 50 to 100x multiplier on his speed with every every portal. Yeah, I was curious to see if they like actually did the accurate math for the timing for like the distance to the moon in comparison to how long the warps normally take when they're just on Earth. I'm almost positive the answer to that is no, but if they did, that would be really cool. Yeah, if it was a high multiplier, like probably somewhere in the high 80s or the 90s, the math would probably be about right, but then we don't know how far away Rose's armory is, so I don't know how the heck we're going to get an accurate lion speed test. I mean, you could just assume it's like as far away on planet Earth as it possibly could be. So whatever the maximum two distances on Earth is, and then you could get an upper limit. Maybe, maybe, maybe that'll be homework for somebody, or maybe I'll get bored and crunch some numbers. It'd be cool. Hmm. A high five from Lars. So, ooh, that, uh, that diamond base. I love the whole, we are literally walking in the footsteps of the diamonds, she said as she followed Steven. Oh, hmm. Nice. Didn't catch that. I'm not I'm not completely giving up on Rose as Pink Diamond theory. I'm not completely giving up on that yet, especially because of how coy they're playing with the representation of Pink Diamond, which is weird. We were able to see her legs. They're skinny legs. Rose does not have skinny legs. But so why are they being so coy with showing us Pink Diamond? Does she have her does she have her gem in her stomach? Can she take any form? Because she is part of the Great Diamond Authority? I thought they were going to do something when Steven sits in the chair and Peridot's like, no, only the Great Ones can sit there. I thought she was going to be like, no, only the Great Ones can use that chair or something and Steven was going to activate it and then it was going to be confirmation. <laughs> no, they're not going to. They're not. They're going to. They're going to draw this one out. They, yeah. they love twisting the knife in us theorists. I was really wondering, so they have that detail about the gems effectively not being affected by gravity because their bodies adjust. So they have that there for a reason. It was not necessary. It doesn't flow naturally from anything we knew before. They went out of their way to come up with that detail for the gems. Why? That was pure factoid for factoid's sake. Very interesting, though. I liked Peridot's just little explanation. We were designed to, you know, conquer other or conquer other systems. Yeah, but I mean, it's factoid for factoid's sake in this episode, but you would presume that they're going to like actually use that for something in the future. I'm just wondering what could it possibly be? I don't know. I just find it more interesting because she said they were designed, which I think every all of us assumed that someone designed the gems, but by who? But then she called the Great Diamond Authority 
the matriarchs of gem society. I mean, so obviously they're female and they're the bosses, so that should be enough to get them the matriarch title, but what if the diamonds designed all of the other gems to suit individual purposes and to be weaker than them? Yes, the implication for sure, right? Eh, don't know. Well, we, we, had, we had never known who designed the gems. Did somebody design all of them or did the gems start designing other gems? And this seems to imply that you got the diamonds and they designed everyone else. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even consider any other implications that immediately popped out to me. Yeah, I think that's what they were going for. Okay, nice, nice. We'll chalk that one up on the speculation page, I'm sure. Yeah. But we got nice full portraits of three of the diamonds, white, yellow, and blue. So we know that white has a forehead gem, and yellow and blue both in the chest. Someone pointed out on the subreddit that if you look on the four diamond insignia, that you have the white is at the top of their little quad force, and then you have yellow and blue on either side, and then pink is at the bottom. Proportionately, that would put the pink diamond somewhere around the stomach region. Hmm? 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 Oh, wow. Yeah, nice, nice, man. So thank even, you, uh, uh, whichever Redditor pointed that out. I find that very interesting. It sounds like that Ken is does super too. interesting. Yeah, that's good. So I'm, I'm keeping keeping that flame burning for now. Yeah, it's not dead. It is not dead. It just gives me so much hope. I really enjoyed Peridot's fangirlism over Yellow Diamond. Oh, Peridot in fangirl mode was the best. And then her, her like, half-hearted backpedaling and Garnet's like, uh, what you say? Yeah, I didn't like that. Oh, you didn't like, uh, like, Garnet being like, um, hey, remember? I did not like how harsh they were to Peridot in this episode. It seemed undeserved. Uh on one hand, I understand why, but another part of me really doesn't want to see Peridot get uh, get looked down on, you know, because I think, I think I can speak for a lot in the fandom when I say that I love Peridot. I mean, she and Pearl and Lapis, I, I just love everybody. I'm still not really in love with Peridot as a member of the team. I do like her. It's not necessarily that I just don't want to see them being mean to her or whatever, because she's definitely pretty mean to them. It's just... I don't know why I didn't like the way they were treating her here. It's definitely understandable. It's 100% understandable, but that doesn't mean it was pleasant to watch and that I have to find it, like, ethical or whatever. I guess they have to point out that Peridot is still technically an enemy working with them under a truce. And, you know, they gotta keep them from, keep, keep them from being too buddy-buddy with her just yet. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I'm not saying that it's not understandable. Like, you can throw context at it, and it's 100%. It makes sense. I get it. I just still don't like it. Look, over there, another planet to betray! <laughs> so, and this is this is a question that has no answer, but I, I have to ask it anyway. What is up with that orb that, you know, the white diamond portrait was shown holding, and then, you know, Garnet told Steven, that's not what we're here for. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I'd already forgotten about that. I was very curious at the time. That's but... going to be interesting. I mean, is is it there to control the cluster? Or, I mean, you'd think that it would be Blue Diamond who would have that if she was the boss of the colony, but is it a weapon? I mean, I don't think you'd leave a weapon just unsecured there. A little bit more obvious, but I'm also very curious about what that diamond that uh, Peridot stole at the end is going to be. I'm sure uh, yes. we'll find that out tomorrow at the latest. You know, if I had to guess from the promo that they've been running over and over and over, not, not, not the other promo that you uh, that some some people might have seen, but the one for this Steven Bomb, I am assuming that it is some key to communication, but because there was I haven't seen the other promo. There was another promo. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. 
do I if I don't want to see a major spoiler? Well, obviously the answer to that's no. Okay, I'm just not gonna watch it. Uh, yeah, good call. Well, it was an accident for them to show it up because it's for to show it because it's for something that's not airing this week, and it's a ooh boy, is it a big big spoiler? So should I be excited for episodes to come? Is it like something really exciting? I think it's a good thing. Okay, I'm good. That's good. I'm excited. I mean, it's it's not like it was a it was not like it was Connie's tombstone or anything. This is something that you'd be happy to see happen once it happens. Nice. So like you know Connie getting a medal from the president for saving the planet or something that kind of a thing. But probably not that. Or else it, it might be that. I might just be trying to mislead you. I would hate you if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> So we we finally we finally got all the way up the stairs and we're in the control room now. That was a pretty nice setup. For one, a view of the Earth from the Moon, always cool. Um, yeah. two, map of the Earth. Whoa, whoa. I mean, what happened to Russia there? I mean, we we've always been wondering about what's up with where's Florida, why do Africa and South America look weird? But now we got like, okay, that's. That's not a misdrawing. Something is very wrong with with Russia here. Yeah, yeah. I haven't actually had that much time to like look into it, so I haven't been able to go back and compare it to the older views of the Earth that we've seen. Well, we never got to see Europe. The entire Earth. We yeah, only ever right. got to see the Americas and the west coast of Africa before. But, well, I think we also got to see Europe, and Europe looked fairly normal. We got to see a lot of the Earth in, oh, that was an Uncle Grandpa episode. That didn't count. Okay. You know, Asia and just, just, you know, basically Asia, that entire half of the planet has usually been on the other side of the globe, you know, because the show takes place in North America. So whenever they go into orbit, it's going to be from that side. Yeah, right. So that was, that was a big one, a very big crater. Yeah, it's a mystery. <laughs> I think that's where the galaxy warp is. They have the red dot in the center there, and we know the galaxy warp is surrounded by water. Like it could be in the center of the Atlantic, but I I would suspect it's probably in that in the center of that big crater. A reasonable guess. So what what did you think of the gem plans for Earth? I was completely on Peridot's side. That looked awesome. That was the first thing I said. Yes, that that is exactly. I'm like, oh, hey, wait, is is there still a chance for this to happen? Like, you yeah, know, right? Can we, I know. Can I just like, can we just crash on the home world for a few decades while they're doing all the all the construction work? I mean, <laughs> I mean, rent can't right. be that high. I mean, you guys are gems. <laughs> you don't need much living space. The first thing I said was, man, this looks cool. And then Peridot starts going on about how cool it sounds. And maybe that's another reason I was not on the yeah. side this episode, because they just start, like, tearing my heart out. Like, what? I'm totally with Peridot. Stop standing in the way of progress, you eco-terrorists. Right. It's funny, because I had been likening... I'm pretty sure I had been likening the Crystal Gems to eco-terrorists long ago. You know, we stopped the homeworld from ending life on Earth. That sounds like eco-terrorism to me. Yeah, it's true. They are literally eco-terrorists. They, they are just arbitrarily assigned the role of good guys because they happen to be protecting the planet we live on from, like, the most awesome development project ever conceived. I mean, you say that as a joke, but you're actually literally correct. Yes, that's exactly what's going on. Yeah, It is pretty cool. I don't know why they have to take away so much of the surface area. Like, why can't it stay a complete orb? Like, maybe we could, you know, rework the design a bit. But, you know, if you build up high enough, we really don't need that much surface space. Yeah, there's probably a way to, like, get probably, like, 30 or 40% of the efficiency out of it without, like, killing everything on the planet. But 
I'm sure the home world would not be willing to compromise because, hey, why would they? You know, why compromise on perfection, right? And it was a perfection that did look so cool. I don't know. Yeah. The way they reacted to Paradox, like, fangirling over that completed plan, because I was fanboying over it as well. Yeah. <laughs> I felt personally attacked by the Crystal Gems there. Garnet would have backhanded both of us at once from across the room. Oh, yeah. And she pulls out her glove, too? Her little gauntlet? Ah, oh, I was, <sighs> mm, was not a fan. Do you not think she would have shattered Paradox if Steven No, she wouldn't have shattered in? her. No, she wasn't going to go that far. I don't think. I hope not. Garnet was mad. Even Amethyst. She was very mad. Ameth- uh, I will say this about Amethyst's response to this, her very pro-Earth, anti-homeworld instincts here. They make me hopeful that the future episode titles involving Amethyst, they make me hopeful that it's not in so much an adversarial role as we were afraid it might, as we were afraid she might be. Because uh, it seems like she's pretty squarely on the side of Earth here. No, none of this, none of this, I'd be awesome if I were on Whole World. I, I think she knows what the score is. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm not expecting a betrayal from Amethyst anytime soon. Peridot, on the other hand. Yep, so, yeah, 89 kindergartens, 67 spires. So I wonder, because they had some really big stuff coming out of the Earth on that, but they were, there were not 67 of them, and they were enormous. Did you count them? I mean, if I'm just guessing, there may be a dozen. So yeah, they plan to do some do some serious work on the Earth. They this is this is not just a it, it is colony no more. It is full integration into Gem Society. But look at it, and you see, you know, since they took away most of the surface, you can see in the middle a huge ball that's roughly the size of Earth's core, the the outer and inner core. Yeah, I, I wonder why would they leave that material there. I guess you need something to create the gravity, but Peridot said that gravity doesn't really bother them much. I don't know. It seems like that ball has little cords being connected to the outer shell, so I'm assuming they're, like, extracting material out of it mm. for slowly, maybe? I don't know. Or it could be a could be another thing for a living on, since the gravity outside would be much less. Maybe that would be the living surface. But why do they care about the gravity? Uh, I don't know. Well, it would get them a lot of extra surface area, but it's not a very efficient use of material. And she said that the material was used completely efficiently. I don't think it's resource extraction, though, because Peridot said that that's the finished product. It, it serves some purpose for the, for the planet once it's just being inhabited and worked on, not, you know, being extracted from. Yeah, I'm sure we're thinking about this. Well, we're probably not thinking more than they did, but they probably don't have like, and by they, I mean the, the crew designed this thing. Yeah. But I'm sure they don't have like a complicated reason, probably mostly just because it looked cool. I don't know. I think it would look just fine with that. In fact, I didn't notice it the first time. It's only when I'm like, oh, okay, let's take a look at this that I'm like, oh, hey, look at that. In fact, visually, uh, like the comparison to whatever the traditional model of an atom would be, that's like hmm. immediate. And it's probably just there to kind of facilitate that. Yeah, you got the, you got your little orbits. What, what is it? Nine separate orbits? Uh, three orbits. Oh, I thought there were, I thought they were three groups of three. So it's just three? Uh, there are just three little circles going around. Okay. Yeah, it's like what? Six, six dots in two separate waves on each orbit? Probably space stations of some kind? Uh, yeah, something like that. Whatevs. <laughs> gotta get, uh, gotta get that satellite TV somehow. That's all this was for, actually. They just <laughs> wanted a pretty good connection. They were tired of it going out in the rain. 
this is a cell phone tower for the uh, for Alpha Centauri. They, they, they've been complaining about their spotty reception. And uh, last time Blue Diamond was out there, she couldn't get any bars. So they, they had to take matters into their own hand. If Blue Diamond wanted some bars, she could have uh, just listened to my mixtape. Fire. But Garnet gets mad, wrecks the, wrecks the computer, and uh, Peridot absconds with something we're not completely sure what it is, but we have our guesses. And then Steven looks concerned oh, and yeah, kind of upset. He's like, oh, you scamp. Well, not not even a scamp. <laughs> it's like, you not good person, you. I did really appreciate Steven defending Peridot throughout the entire episode. But he's still disappointed with her. I mean, so my problem here is that the gems are very intolerant of Peridot's, like, ideologies and her conflicting views. But Steven, even though he doesn't agree, he's merely disappointed. And that's an appropriate reaction, I feel. Steven can be very disappointed in how she feels about things, but he's not going to, like, beat her up or poof her, which is, that's okay. Yeah, well, the whole, the Crystal Gems are all thoroughly aware by now of how much, you know, disdain Homeworld has for them. I think it's a lot more personal for them, especially since, like Steven said, they've been protecting this planet for thousands of years, and here Peridot is telling them that it was all for nothing, and that, oh yeah, by the way, that woman you idolize, well, she's good for nothing, too. I guess really the interesting thing is Stephen got very mad at Lars when he kind of went off on on Rose, whereas now he's like, "Hey guys, come on, take take it easy. Let's just sing that song again." Yeah, I think the difference in situations is that no one was about to like perhaps even kill Lars yeah. when he was doing that. I mean, and Stephen is the diplomat, so if he sees a conflict, he's going to try to try to just kind of smooth that over. Yeah, some things cannot be. Uh, Calmed with music, though. Peace and love on the planet Earth. That's a good song. Kind of like it. Kind of like it. I'm glad I didn't listen to it yesterday. I thought it was funny. Uh, Peridot literally holding a key during her... When Steven tells her about the key. That was funny. Ooh. But uh, so much more to learn. We got a a lot of exposition here. Like I said, I I know I'm a broken record at this point, but I, I gotta have my... I gotta have some episodes, at least, on Homeworld, even if I don't get a season. Yeah, I need to see it at this point. Although we do have a good idea of probably what it looks like. If if Peridot considers this to be perfection, then it's probably fairly standard for homeworld construction projects. Well, it's perfection for a colony, so... If I were were thinking that, oh, this colony is perfect, the first thing I would think of it to be would be, it's just like home. No, you want your colony to function differently than you want your home to function. Colonies exist as, especially in like this context, we can assume they exist to like serve homeworld, so they're going to operate differently. And therefore, look different. I think it's a settler colony, not like a, not like an imperialism colony. Oh, you think so? Well, I mean, how could it be imperialism if there are no one left to exploit? That is a good point, touche. So I don't know. Like I said, I got we got to see Homer. We have a we have at least a an assumption for what it looks like. Now we got to see for sure. Okay, and this is from Sophia. Mentioned that the song from the EP sounds like the demo to do it for her. And that Steven is picking up musical influences from his surroundings. Example, Little Butler sounding like the jam song and Dear Old Dad sounding like Lapis Lazuli. So I guess we will see everybody tomorrow. We will be talking about Message Received. Until then, I'm GC13. I apologize for my earlier impressions. I'm Ken. Later, everyone. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.